teams in 30 days on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. We are 15 days away from April 1st, which is opening day of the 2021 Major League Baseball regular season. I will spend each day in March previewing all 30 Major League Baseball teams in alphabetical order. So today is March 17th, and I continue on with the Los Angeles Angels. So I have a lot to say about the Angels today. I am really excited to get into it. Make sure to check out the link in the bio of this episode to find the season previews from the Arizona Diamondbacks to the Detroit Tigers that I had preliminarily put up on SoundCloud, but are now, you have access to them on the Did You Hear podcast feed. So I'll go through Angels history, position battles, pitching, relief, uh, relief pitching, bench, prospects and my philosophy on the team and like I said I have a lot to say because if I was the general manager of the Angels I would be doing things a lot differently. So in 2020 the Angels finished 26 and 34. In 2019 they were 72 and 89. In 2018 they were 80 and 82 and in 2017 they were an identical 80 and 82. They finished second in the AL West that year that's more so because the AL West was really bad, any, 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 much more so than the Angels were a good team. You can see from those numbers that the Angels have been a sub-500 team in five straight seasons. They have not made it to the postseason since 2015, since 2014, excuse me, with the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. Since Trout was drafted in 2009, The Angels have had four different general managers, three different general managers since 2014, and finally, Billy Epler was fired after, again, in 2020, the Angels' fifth straight losing season, and they go out and hire this offseason Perry Menzanian. He had an active offseason that I'll get into in a second, but I still do not think it is enough for the Angels to compete this season in the American League. They added Dylan Bundy, Jose Quintana, and Rizal Iglesias, Rizal Iglesias and Alex Cobb for pitching depth. Cobb, Bundy, and Quintana will be in the starting rotation, and Iglesias will slot in as the opening day closer. So that was a big pickup for the Angels. That was a really solid one that they needed after they non-tendered Hansel Robles. They also picked up Jose Iglesias in a trade with the Orioles. The Angels were very active with the Orioles this offseason. They also picked up Dexter Fowler and Kurt Suzuki as a backup catcher. They departed with Andrelton Simmons, who signed with the Minnesota Twins, their best defensive player, multiple gold glove winner, one of the best defensive shortstops in the league in Simmons. And they, like I said, they non-tendered their pseudo-closer, Robles, but they were able to pick up Iglesias, so it was a nice tit-for-tat there. Now let's get into the position battles, and I'll have a lot to say about the starting pitching. It is unfortunate for the Angels, honestly, that they have so much talent positionally because they are so lacking in the pitching department, and that's what's keeping this team from reaching the postseason. So at catcher, the opening day catcher will be Max Stassi. He underwent offseason hip surgery for the second straight season this winter. So he has this recurring hip problem. They're hoping that the surgery can give him more mobility behind the plate. 
In 2020, he only had 100 plate appearances, but he had a 137 weighted runs created plus number. He's an excellent framer, and they do have Kurt Suzuki on the bench. I'll get into him more, who they could use in a platoon role, but Stassi is definitely their opening day guy. At first base, so this will be the first time, if I had been doing these season previews for about seven years, this would have been the first time that I wouldn't be saying Albert Pujols at first base. And that's just because the way that his career is going right now, the Angels are worse for wear if Pujols is in the lineup. So that first base spot goes to a very highly touted prospect, first baseman Jared Walsh. He had a 971 OPS through 100 at-bats last season. He was actually one of 27 hitters who had a weighted runs created plus number higher than 150 with over 100 at-bats, one of 27 in in the entire league. He was a 39th round pick, so he has already exceeded expectations for what the Angels thought and even hoped he could be. And right now he's slating in to be the opening day starter for the Angels at first base in Albert Pujols' place. That is pretty big shoes to fill, and if Walsh can keep up his offense, like he did last year, I think this is actually a very good defensive and offensive place for the Angels at first. Second base now, another very solid guy who honestly just doesn't get talked about in this market and because the Angels have been so irrelevant lately. It's David Fletcher. Since 2018, Fletcher has a better baseball reference wins above replacement number than Jose Altuve, Bryce Harper, Marcelo Zuna, Jose Abreu, who won the 2020 AL MVP, and Chris Bryant. David Fletcher has more war than the six guys that I just lifted, listed right there. In 2020, it was such an odd season. He led the league in contact rate. He had the fifth lowest strikeout rate. He hit 23% better than league average in weighted runs created plus. So you would think that he had an incredible offensive year and he's becoming potentially the third best player on this team behind Trout and Rendon, but he was in the fourth percentile in average exit velocity, which means he does not put good contact on the ball. He also was in the first percentile in hard hit rate. So while he doesn't strike out a lot and while he does make a lot of contact, it's not hard contact and it's not coming off the bat very fast. So those are definitely categories where he needs to improve. It needs to improve, but I think the numbers that I did mention, the fact that he doesn't strike out a lot, the fact that he hits better than a lot of other players in the league, I think that should suit up nicely for a Fletcher extension in the future. I think he is a guy that the Angels would like to have locked down. Now we go to third base. I think this is a top 10 player in all of baseball. It's Anthony Rendon. Last year, again, when almost every player in the league was struggling, only one player in the American League, Jose Ramirez, was more, was more valuable by Fangraph's wins above replacement than Rendon. In his career, he's had five top 11 MVP finishes. His career year came in 2019 when he was an all-star. He led the league in RBI. He helped the Nationals win a World Series. He didn't help the Nationals win the World Series. The Nationals couldn't have won the World Series without them. He was so valuable. And it's funny because I actually think Rendon is pretty underrated and not enough people are talking about him. And part of why that is the case is because on both teams he's been on, 
he hasn't been the best player. <laughs> in LA, the best player is far and away Mike Trout, so he is in Trout Shadow. And then even in Washington, he was overshadowed by Bryce Harper when he was there, and 2019 was really Juan Soto's coming out party. So Rendon was shadowed by that too, but this guy just quietly produces year in and year out. I give Nolan Arenado the slight edge because I think Nolan is a bit better defensively, but Anthony Rendon is a serious baseball player. Seriously, seriously good baseball player. Shortstop, now we see a new face. It's Jose Iglesias. He actually, you don't, you will not see the type of defensive metrics that Angelton Simmons gave this team. One of the best defensive shortstops in the league, like I said. But I do need to give Iglesias some credit because he played in the Orioles. He didn't get a lot of recognition there. He is ranked in the top 10 among shortstops in defensive run saved, and he's third among shortstops in ultimate zone rating behind only Simmons and Francisco Lindor, the two best defensive shortstops in the game. So while Iglesias' numbers might be there, I think a lot of other guys in the lineup can produce. They're going to need Iglesias to show some of that glove at shortstop, and he can really man this infield along with Rendon and Fletcher, and then you have the young guy at first and Jared Walsh. Now let's move to the outfield. Of course, in left, this is more so a money decision than anything else, and by anything else, I mean talent, potentially. Left field is going to be manned by Justin Upton. He has two years and $51 million left on his contract. They're hoping to see a middle version of what 2020 was for Upton. So he had a 522 OPS through August after an injury-filled 2019, so his numbers continued to decline. But then in September, he had a 935 OPS. I don't think that is sustainable, an OPS above 900 at this point in Upton's career, but it's definitely not as low as 522. So they're hoping for league average numbers from Upton and league average defense over and left. In center field, you have the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. He turns 30 in August, and this is where I'll start talking about the philosophy for the Angels because it is time. Time is running out in the prime of Mike Trout's career. Mike Trout's prime is running out. That's how I should have worded it. Once he crosses 30, you're you're on the other side of 30 forever. And I don't see Mike Trout's play declining anytime soon. Of course, I don't think that. But there is a clock on now. The Angels need to start making moves for the future so that they can not only make the playoffs once, but be a perennial playoff contender while Mike Trout is on this team. And he's on this team for the rest of his career after signing a mega, mega extension because the Angels, the Angels convinced him to be there. He could have gone to his hometown in Philly, played with the Phillies, played with Bryce Harper. That didn't work out. He wanted to stay in LA. And so far, they've given him one playoff berth back in 2014. That's not going to cut it. I needed to say this about Mike Trout. I honestly didn't want to put too many numbers because you could talk about Mike Trout's numbers for an entire podcast. 2020 was his quote-unquote worst season. And in his worst season in his career, he finished fifth in MVP voting, he hit 60% better than league average, and he finished in the top 10 among position players in Fangraph's wins above replacement. That was Mike Trout's worst season. That, those are better stats than most players will have in their entire career. I've talked a lot about OPS Plus 
in all of these season previews. Trout's career OPS plus is 176. He's also the Rookie of the Year winner, a three-time MVP, an eight-time All-Star, and an eight-time Silver Slugger. Mike Trout is leaps and bounds above everybody else for the best player in baseball. New face in right field, you have Dexter Fowler. He turns 35 at the end of March, so again, another interesting pickup for the Angels, to say the least, to pick Fowler pick Fowler up at the end of his career when you had a former top prospect in Joe Adele waiting in the wings. In 2019, Fowler actually had an OPS almost 100 points higher as a left-handed hitter than as a right-handed hitter. So you could potentially see him switching. You could see him platooning with Adele. But I think this is more of a depth pickup for the Angels, and they hope that they can just get a little bit more out of Fowler's career in the next year or so. DH, you have Shohei Otani, and I'm going to get into him more as a pitcher. But those are the position battles, and now let's get into the starting pitching. Four of the six men in this rotation, and I say six because Otani is that sixth guy, they're all in a walk year. Everybody but Griffin Canning, who's under team control through 2026, and Shohei Otani are in a walk year. The good news for the Angels in that situation is that across all sports, every player who is in a walk year performs better than average. So hopefully the Angels can see that uptick in production and, ca- and try and capitalize on it. The bad news is that they're not going to want to spend money on Bundy, Heaney, Quintana, or Cobb in years past. So they're going to have to go back out on the market and trying to secure and try and secure more pitchers for the fu- for the future. With that being said, there are some big starting pitcher names on the free agent market next year, including Clayton Kershaw, Zach Greinke, Eduardo Rodriguez, Marcus Stroman, and Noah Syndergaard. So they have options. Of course, a lot of them are options that they've gone they've gone for in the past where they're taking a bet on age and that has really burned them. Definitely some guys in the lower half of their careers. Of course, you're never going to bet against Clayton Kershaw, but he's getting up there in age, and you can say the same thing with Zach Greinke. But that's looking into the future. Let's talk about now. This starting pitcher staff has performed worse than any other team in baseball in the past five years, according to Fangraph's war. The Angels have not signed a starter to a multi-year deal since 2011. My jaw dropped when I read that because it it tells me two things. The first is that they have been burned. They have been burned by the long contract. Like I said, they've bet on age before and it hasn't worked out for them. The second thing is that it shows a little bit of savviness that they want to give these short-term deals. I mean, the third thing also is that it shows that none of these pitchers have been good enough to sign them on a multi-year deal. That's the, the... sad thing for the Angels. But going back to the second thing, it shows a savviness is that they're always going back to the market to try and find the next best option. But when you do that, you're you're focusing on a year-by-year basis when you have the positional depth and flexibility where you can go out and compete for a World Series title this year. If they had a stronger starting five, the Angels could be World Series favorites. And I'm not joking. I'm not being facetious. I seriously believe that. You have two of the best players in the game in Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout. 
You could go out and win a title with those two guys alone. Not to mention Pujols and Fletcher and Jared Walsh and Jose Iglesias and all the other guys they have in their arsenal. The Angels need to focus on starting pitching more than any other team in the league. And like I said, Mike Trout's prime is running out, so they need to do it quickly. I like the people, the pitchers that they brought on this year, but it doesn't make them a playoff team. And that's why I'll finish with I don't think the Angels make the playoffs again this season. So they go back to the drawing board after 2021 when all these guys most likely walk, except potentially Dylan Bundy, who I think could be a candidate for a multi-year deal because I think he's very talented. They didn't go after Trevor Bauer. They didn't get Garrett Cole. They didn't get Patrick Corbin or Steven Strasburg. The Angels just continue to swing and miss at these big-time names, and then it comes out months later that they weren't even serious contenders for guys like Trevor Bauer. So something has to change in this organization, and they continue to make organizational changes to try and put the right people in place to make these decisions. But something has to change because right now it's not working in L.A. with the pitchers that they have. And they need to change something quickly so that Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon can get to the playoffs and start winning for the Angels. Like I said, Dylan Bundy, I think he's already been named the opening day starter for LA. I think he is their most exciting guy to watch this season. He did get Cy Young votes last year in Baltimore, who didn't have an offense. So if you're going to be backed by Trout and Rendon, you would think that he might be even better in 2021. Behind him, you have Andrew Heaney, and behind Heaney, you have Griffin Canning. Heaney and Canning are two guys to be really excited about. They're homegrown for L.A. Canning is under team control through 2026, so he has a lot of developmental progress to still go through, but both guys have four-plus pitches with a lot of movement, a lot of speed, and a lot of good stuff to talk about. So Heaney and Canning, and then two new names, Jose Quintana, who has spent time with the White Sox and the Cubs. In 2020, Quintana had an adjusted ERA that was 15% better than league average. So as I'm seeing, as the offseason was going on, and as I'm seeing the Angels pick up Bundy and Cobb and Quintana, I'm just internally groaning because these guys aren't going to cut it. But when I did the research on Quintana, he actually has a lot of numbers to to build his case that he could be a serious guy for the Angels this year. Not serious enough that he's going to push them to the postseason, but more serious than when I groaned when I saw that this was the move the Angels were making. From 2014 to 2017, Quintana had four consecutive seasons with an F-war of four or better, which is way better than league average. The Angels actually haven't had a plus F-war, four F-war season since 2014. (laughs) So Quintana automatically makes them a better pitching staff since 2014, which is unbelievable. I've also talked about how valuable guys are who can go in there and pitch a lot of innings. Quintana threw 200 plus innings from 13 to 16. So I'm talking about a range from 2013 to 2017. We're already three plus years removed from that. And in those three plus years, Quintana has dealt with a lot of injury issues. He's seen a lot less innings. He's seen a lot less pressure. And that's why that groan came from me when I saw this move because he's, he's not the pitcher that he once was. 
With that being said, I think he has enough of a pedigree that he slots in as the three or four guy in this rotation. I think he pitches at least 160 innings, if not more. And I think he performs well for the Angels. Alex Cobb, he also came over from Baltimore. One year, $5 million year. Low risk, high reward, I think is the best way to put it. And high reward might be a little bit nice because I don't know how high the expectations are for Cobb. But it's a body to put in there who has some proven success in the Orioles organization. And then the last guy, this sixth guy, Shohei Otani. The phenom from Japan, hitter, pitcher. Right now in spring training, he's the only pitcher who can hit 100 miles per hour and the only hitter who has hit a 400-plus foot home run. He is unbelievable to watch. He is changing the game of baseball, along with Ronald Acuna Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr. and Juan Soto. I want to go back to May 2018, when Otani when really emerged. And in May of that year, he was slugging 553 as a hitter. And hitters were hitting 198 against him as a pitcher. Quite literally, that has never happened before. Maybe Babe Ruth was doing that a century ago. Nobody has done that ever. He had the Tommy John surgery, so he was solely a hitter last year. But Otani actually called his 2020 season pathetic. I got that from The Athletic. Otani was not happy with how he performed last season. In 2021, he's fully healthy. He'll be on the mound. He'll be at the plate. And I think him, this is why it's it's so frustrating for me to talk about the Angels because him, Rendon, and Trout are two of the most talented and then the third is maybe the most exciting guy to watch in baseball. The Angels are must-see television. It's just that their pitching core is so is struggling so much. And of course, Otani, we might see him once a week. I, I heard months ago that the potential was maybe to have him pitch every Sunday. But as an Angels fan and truly as a baseball fan, you just hope that Otani stays healthy because it makes the whole game so much better if Otani is on the field as much as possible. Now let's go to relief pitchers who had a league-worst 14 blown saves last year. They did pick up Rezel Iglesias from the Orioles. I think that was the best move they made all offseason. He'll be the closer for them on opening day. Manager Joe Madden has said that they're actually hoping to get more out of Iglesias than just a three-out inning save. In his career since 2016, he's a 2.85 ERA guy, over 10.5 strikeouts per nine, and 106 saves. That's the type of winning that the Angels need in their organization, and they get that in Iglesias. Behind him, I'll just throw out some names right now. Felix Pena, Alex Claudio, Ty Buttry could see a lot of a lot of time. Buttry's whiff rate dropped significantly from 2018 to 2019 to 20. So he needs to see that whiff rate goes up, go up because that's his biggest strength. And I'll finish up with the bench here before I get into prospects. It's unbelievable to say, but Albert Pujols will be a bench player for the Angels this season. And he was talked about a lot this offseason because at the end of February, his wife posted on Instagram saying that he was retiring. And it went back and forth so much and then it was retracted and it was worded as it is potentially his last year with the Angels, because it is. It's his last year on the contract. He'll probably retire after this year anyway. But it was kind of a, a weird note to go into the season with Pujols' wife saying he was going to retire, but then he wasn't. 
But Pujols is 41 years old. I do need to get it, give him some credit for how unbelievable his career has been and how he will be a Hall of Famer. He's in his 21st year in the major leagues, probably his last. He's a three-time MVP. Those MVP awards came long ago at this point. It was 2005 and then back-to-back in 08 and 09. Like I said last year, his offensive numbers just dropped so significantly that the, the Angels needed to replace him. And I can't get over how surprising that is to say because it's Albert Pujols. But he hit 20, 20% below league average. He could hit and, and play first against left-handed pitchers because Jared Walsh isn't as good against lefties. So maybe that's where you see Pujols and maybe, that's, maybe you see him in the DH spot if Otani isn't playing. He's 38 home runs away from 700. That is a lofty milestone for 2021, to say the least. But no matter what happens this season, Pujols is still one of the best baseball players we've ever seen, and he'll he'll be a legit Hall of Famer. So that is the projected opening day roster. Let's get to prospects now. So on MLB's top 100 list, you have two guys. Another frustrating thing is that The Angels haven't been to the postseason. They also have a below-average farm system. And those two things together don't make for a good Major League-ready team. You have outfielder Brandon Marsh. He's number 53. The Angels are really high on him, and you will probably see him in 2021. You also have left-handed pitcher Reed Detmers. He comes in at 74th on MLB's Top 100 list. I think that the Angels have a lot of young pitchers to be excited about. They just haven't had the chance to really prove how good they can be. So it'll be good, a full, normal, hopefully, 2021 season, a full season in the minors, so that, honestly, the Angels scouts can just have more information, have more to say about these guys to evaluate where they can be in the next few years. And then I can't talk about the Angels without talking about Joe Adele. He's not listed in the top 100 anymore, and I believe that's because he is now in his rookie status. He came up in 2019, he didn't make a lot of contact, he made a ton of errors in the field, which was the most concerning thing, and he lost his opening day spot to Dexter Fowler. I still think it's more likely that Joe Adele finishes the season in right than it is that Dexter Fowler finishes the season in right, but Joe Adele needs to start in the minors, get back on track put the 2019 and 2020 debuts behind him and just focus on being the prospect that he was made out to be. Because again, people talking about him and Trout in the outfield, that was just as good as talking about Wander Franco or Fernando Tatis. That's how good people think that Joe Adele can be. He just needs to relax a bit, get back to the basics and perform. Just flat out perform and I think it'll come with time. Pakoda standings. We're in a weaker AL West than usual. That's the, that's what's crazy. And I still think that the Angels don't make the playoffs. It, it I'm struggling saying that because I've just gushed about the positional flexibility and depth of this Angels team, and I've absolutely raved about their starting pitching. Pakoda has them at 86 wins. I'm going to go just under. And people might not like that. I do think they will finish second in the AL West. Behind... The Astros and ahead of the Athletics only because the Athletics lost so many of their core pieces and their starting pitching depth also isn't that strong. So second in the AL West, but I still think the Twins and the White Sox will come out of the Central, and I definitely think 
one other team besides the Yankees comes out of the AL East. And I mean, besides the Yankees is in the Yankees will win the division. And I think the second wild card will come in either hopefully the Red Sox, the Rays, or the Blue Jays. The Angels pitching just can't get it done. Dylan Bundy could have another Cy Young caliber season and it won't be enough. Heaney and Canning could live up to their expectations. Shohei Otani can have another unbelievable season. Jose Quintana can even rebound to his 2016-2017 form. Rezal Iglesias could have 30 saves, and it still won't be enough when you're going up against even the Astros' week rotation, when you're going up against the Yankees' rotation, the White Sox's rotation, even if they made it to the playoffs and faced a National League team, they can't go up against the Braves, the Dodgers, or the Padres, the best pitching rotations in baseball. The Angels need to have a better plan. They were burned by the multi-year deals to pitchers in the past, and I'm talking mostly about Jared Weaver, when they went all-in on Pujols and Hamilton and Weaver and it didn't work out. I get that that scars you as an organization, but it has been seven years longer than that. It still hasn't worked since then. 2014 was the last time they made the playoffs. They need to go out and try to recruit harder, recruit the free agents harder, make LA the place and the LA Angels, as opposed to the Dodgers is an important distinction. Make the Angels a place that players can't say no to. Market the hell out of Rendon and Adele and Trout and Shohei Otani because not a lot of teams have that guys that are that marketable. And still, pitchers on the market just don't want to go to the Angels. I, I said all this and I didn't even mention that the Angels have a top 10 payroll in the sport. So it's not like they're hamstrung by finances like the Rays are or the Orioles are or the Pirates are. The Angels have a huge payroll. They're considerably under the luxury tax threshold, and they still didn't go after Tajuan Walker or Jake Odorizzi. They need to change something because right now, signing these one-year flyer deals, the Angels are acting like they're one step away from winning a title, and they haven't made the postseason in seven years. Something needs to change at the organizational top executive level so that they can get Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon in the playoffs so that they can get Shohei Otani in the playoffs and they will have the pitching talent and depth to sustain a playoff run. And until the Angels start giving out those multi-year deals, until I see them putting all of their time, effort, and resources into starting pitching, I'm going to be angry with the Angels because they're wasting years of Mike Trout's prime. And if you're a fan of baseball, that is the crime of all crimes. Nobody should be doing that. And the Angels need to be in a position in two years. That's it. After this season, they need to be poised to make a playoff run. And that centers around how good their starting pitching can be. So again, I'm excited to watch Bundy. I'm excited to watch Quintana and Heaney and Canning. But it's still going to take more than that. So like I said, make sure to click the link in my bio to check out all of my previous season previews. Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in tomorrow for a Los Angeles Dodgers season preview.